Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program. Let's get started. Welcome back to yet another edition of the Truth Hurts program for your Tuesday, November the 23rd, 2021. Steve Z here. I hate to keep bringing up Kyle Rittenhouse because he's really not that important to me and he should not be that important to you. But as I often say here on the Truth Hurts program, there's a reason the leftist mainstream progressive liberal woke media is pushing this Rittenhouse deal down your throats 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's called diversion. They are using the Rittenhouse case. They are fomenting violence. They are fomenting division. They are pushing the racial narrative to this white-on-white crime, which has absolutely nothing to do with racism whatsoever, because they need to divert the American public's attention away from the piss-poor job that gropey Joe Biden, Camel Toe Harris, Nazi Pelosi, and Chuckles the Clown Schumer are doing while they continue to run our nation into the ground. They have to use Rittenhouse as their latest crisis in order to keep you from thinking about things that are actually important. Personally, some kid doing something stupid by showing up to a protest while three other clowns show up to that protest and all of them are armed, that's just another day in New Orleans, my friends. That's just another day in Detroit or Atlanta or any other Democrat-run hellhole. It should not be a months-long national news story, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, month after month. It's just two people getting into a gunfight It happens in liberal Democrat cities every single day and night, and it doesn't garner this much attention. You have to ask yourself why, and the reason is obvious. It is as obvious as the big nose on the end of Steve Z's face. They're doing it to divert your attention away from the massive amount, the millions of people illegally crossing our southern border bringing with them COVID, fentanyl, and other drugs, human trafficking, terrorists. They're doing it to divert your attention away from the massive inflation caused by Biden's poor economic policies and decisions and choices. They're doing it because they don't want your attention focused on the fact that Biden promised to cure COVID on his first 30 days, and he has only made it worse. They're diverting your attention away from empty shelves, high gasoline and diesel prices, massive increases in fuel oil prices, the store shelves that won't have your children's favorite toys this year. They're using the Kyle Rittenhouse case to divert your attention away from the massively horrendous withdrawal from Afghanistan, which virtually mirrors step for step the failures that occurred in our U.S. withdrawal from Saigon. They're doing this Kyle Rittenhouse focus to try and continue to rile up the blacks against the whites, the whites against the blacks, so that you won't pay attention to the horrendous economy, the embarrassing of America on the world stage, and every other crisis 
that has occurred and magnified under the Biden administration. That is why everyone is focusing on Kyle Rittenhouse, a kid who obviously, to the most casual observer, any objective person looking at this case sees that he defended himself against three armed adults when he was just a boy. Those are the facts, and those facts are indisputable. And this is the Truth Hurts program. Now listen for just a moment, my friends. I don't think any other conservative political commentator or anyone else has looked at the Kyle Rittenhouse case in quite the following manner. Imagine, if you will, that Kyle Rittenhouse was a black guy and three armed white men, one a convicted child rapist, had chased down the black guy. Kyle Rittenhouse, the African-American guy, Kyle Rittenhouse, and had Kyle Rittenhouse produced a weapon and in self-defense shot and killed two out of the three attackers, what would the news media be saying now? Well, first of all, they would go into an in-depth profiling of the three attackers, the white men who shot or threatened black Kyle Rittenhouse. It would go something like this. We're receiving new details today about the three white supremacist men who chased down and attacked for no reason whatsoever a man who was simply trying to protest police brutality and offer care, comfort, and first aid to people being injured in the unrest that occurred after the Jacob Blake shooting in Wisconsin. The first suspect was a blank-year-old white male who has served time for pedophilia and child rape of young men as young as nine years old. Another man who has a criminal record is blank-year-old so-and-so who attacked young African-American Kyle Rittenhouse with a skateboard. Both of those men were killed when young black Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense to defend himself against the attacks of these racist, white supremacist, bigoted white men who simply were chasing a black man named Kyle Rittenhouse down. The third person involved was a white supremacist named Grosskreutz who admitted on the stand to pointing a loaded firearm at the head of young black Kyle Rittenhouse, threatening his life. Prosecutors say that Rittenhouse, an African-American, was probably up to no good and should not have been anywhere near these protests to begin with, and therefore he should serve life in prison without the possibility of parole or even the death penalty in this situation. All three of the white men, had they survived, been, would have been charged with a hate crime because Rittenhouse is an African-American teenager who was just trying to protect some property as he was asked to do by a family member. That's how it would go, my friends. If Kyle Rittenhouse had been a black kid, I promise you this would be 100 
180 degrees the opposite in the mainstream leftist media. Now let's talk about the Ahmad Arbery case over there in Georgia. Three white men, two white men rather, chased down Arbery, uh, supposedly, in their pickup truck after they caught him going in and out of a construction site. Now I'll say this. I, my wife and I, we've gone through subdivisions that are under construction. We've walked through the open floor plans, the open windows or doors, and looked through houses while they were in various phases of construction. At the time, we were looking for our new home and wanted to check on the quality of the builder, wanted to see what types of materials and workmanship were going into the construction, and we returned to the same properties several times during the construction process. From the day the slab was poured and before the framing was even up, we would walk through and say, well, let's see, there's a pipe here and a pipe there. This is probably the kitchen. This is probably the bathroom. Then as the walls were framed, we walked back through and said, oh, this is a decent sized room. This room's a little odd or what have you. And as the home was nearing completion, as long as the doors and windows were open, we walked through there during the daylight hours. And just imagine, what would our sofa look like in this living room? What would my, my desk look like? Which room would I use as a recording studio or an office? There's nothing wrong with that. We weren't walking out with building materials. We weren't walking out with appliances. It's highly likely that Ahmad Aubrey was also just looking. Maybe he did truly have an interest in getting in the construction game. Maybe he too was thinking about, what would my dream home look like? He was, according to what the media tells you, and you have to be very careful what the media tells you, because we're finding out day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute even, the media lies for their own benefit. They lie to prop up whatever propagandist false narrative the Democrat leftists wish to pursue and wish to portray. But it looks very bad for the three men involved in the Arbery killing. The two, I think father and son, probably will get life in prison. The guy who videotaped it, they will say had some requirement under the rule of law to report the crime instead of recording it. But there's a double standard there as well. When you see these people video recording a young black girl beating a crippled teacher that person's not getting charged. That person could have used that phone to call 911, but instead that person will probably walk free without a single charge against her. Because after all, African American student watching a African American girl beat a white teacher, well, that gets lots of likes on the various social media platforms. The contrast of black Kyle Rittenhouse versus White Kyle Rittenhouse is quite clear. As I said, had Kyle Rittenhouse been a black kid, he would have been praised for his heroic action in defending himself against three armed attackers who only wanted to do harm to him because he was black. But oddly enough, Kyle Rittenhouse was white, and so were the three men who attacked him, the three criminals who attacked a teenage boy who happened to be armed to protect himself from attacks by child rapists. 
by other criminal elements. Oh, you can sit and argue all day, week, month, and year long if you'd like and say, well, Kyle Rittenhouse really had no business being there. Guess what? Neither did the three criminals who attacked Kyle Rittenhouse and not a single person out there protesting against something they didn't even know the facts about in the Jacob Blake shooting. They should not have been there either. They had no business being there if Kyle Rittenhouse had no business being there. Again, if the tables were turned, what can I say? There would certainly be a 180 degree shift in the way people are thinking and looking into Kyle Rittenhouse. The double standard is alive and well, and I point it out on this show oftentimes. Take, for example, the celebratory sounds of the Wisconsin Christmas Parade with the dancing grannies out there when some deranged moron in a red SUV decided to plow into participants and spectators in Waukesha, 20 miles west of downtown Milwaukee. Five people were killed, more than 40 were injured in the chaos, according to authorities. And here's what supposedly happened. Crowds were bundled up along Main Street enjoying the parade when a red SUV drove through a series of barricades, barreled onto the parade route, and plowed into a bunch of people. A video of the parade was recorded by a bystander who was watching from her fifth-story apartment balcony. Her video shows the SUV hitting one person in a marching band, and then plowing forward, hitting and running over several others in the band and the crowd before driving away. Video published in the city's Facebook page shows a red SUV driving quickly through the parade, followed by a running police officer on foot who fired his weapon in an attempt to stop the driver. No bystanders were struck by the officer's gunfire, according to the chief of police. He doesn't believe any shots were fired back from the SUV. The CNN article that I'm pulling this information from says, the driver has been identified as Daryl E. Brooks, 39, of Milwaukee. Okay, let me stop for a moment. The suspect is a African american male with crazy eyes. You know, the kind of eyes you can see the entire top and bottom of the iris all at the same time. An African-American male. Now, you might recall yesterday, people said that this might have been white supremacists involved in the Rittenhouse verdict. The man accused of careening his SUV into the Wisconsin parade, let's just say what it is, the man who did it, is a registered sex offender in Nevada, has an active arrest warrant in Nevada, he was released on bond this month after allegedly running over a woman who said she's the mother of his child, according to court documents. He is the lone suspect. He was stopped in that red SUV. He will probably be charged with five counts of intentional homicide and intentional endangerment, reckless endangerment, and all kinds of other things. But here's the problem, my friends. This African-American man was released on a $1,000 bond after running a woman over on November 2nd. He was accused of running over that woman with his car while she walked through a gas station parking lot. She said to authorities she was the mother of his child. Officers observed tire tracks on her left pant leg. 
Prosecutors filed five charges related to the incident, including obstructing an officer, second-degree reckless endangering safety with a domestic abuse assessment, disorderly conduct with domestic abuse assessments, misdemeanor battery with domestic abuse assessments. But that's not all. This thug, animal, criminal, with a record as long as your arm, was also charged with bail jumping because he was out on bail following a July 24th, 2020 incident. Now, here's what happens, my friends. People like this Brooks fella, a registered sex offender, a guy who literally just got out of jail for doing the exact same thing on a measly $1,000 bond, well, that's because prosecutors in the more Democrat neighborhoods have been lowering bail and bonds because they say it's unfair to underserved and marginalized minority communities. And this is what happens. These sick bastards go out and do stuff like this. In that 2020 incident, Brooks is accused of firing a handgun during an argument. While arresting Brooks, police say they found a stolen handgun and three multicolored pills which tested positive for methamphetamines. He was charged then with two counts of second-degree reckless endangering safety while using a dangerous weapon and one count of possession of a firearm by a felon, which is illegal. Bail in that instance was initially set at $10,000. But because Brooks asked for a speedy jury trial, which could not be met, guess what happened, my friends? They reduced his bail to $500 and he was released almost immediately. Any crackhead can come up with $500. All they have to do is go rob somebody. They've always got some friend, some partner, some buddy that'll bail them out. For a $500 bail, only costs you 50 bucks cash if you go to the right bail bondsman. Brooks was involved in a domestic disturbance earlier this Sunday. He left that scene just prior to driving his SUV right on through the parade. I guess he wanted to kill a bunch of white people. And you have to hand it to these writers and the editors at CNN. It says here, officers tried to top, T-O-P, Brooks as he approached the parade in his SUV, but Brooks allegedly drove through the barricades. Here, CNN editors, let me do your job for you. The sentence should have read, Officers tried to stop S-T-O-P Brooks as he approached the parade in his SUV, but Brooks allegedly drove through the barricades. Brooks was not injured. The article goes on to say, quote, When the suspect was driving through and into the crowd, one officer did discharge his firearm and fire shots at the suspect to stop the threat, but due to the amount of people, had to stop, stop and fire, not fire, any other additional shots, unquote, according to Thompson, the police chief. Brooks was not injured. The five deceased injured range in age from 52 years old to 81. 18 children were hospitalized. But I'm sure he'll use as his defense, I was enraged. I was outraged about Kyle Rittenhouse getting away with killing two black men and injuring another black man. But the people he killed and injured were white. Oh, 
Well, I was watching CNN and other liberal news outlets. So I thought they was black people that he be done kill. And besides, my girlfriend pissed me off and told me she had a kid. So I decided to go kill a bunch of white people in a parade. Cuckoo, cuckoo, I'm nuts. Y'all got to put me in rehabilitation. This is the Truth Hurts program. Oh, and by the way, before I go on to the next topic, say their name, Brooks. Say their name, African Americans. Say their name, 13% hyphenated crowd. Where's the hate crime charge for Brooks, a black man who drove intentionally and murdered five white people? Hmm? Well, where is it? Say their names, my friends. Virginia Sorensen, age 79. Leanna Owen, age 71. Tamara Durand, age 52. Jane Coolidge, age 52, and Wilhelm Hospel, age 81. Amongst the injured are the members of the Milwaukee Dancing Grannies, a Catholic priest, multiple parishioners, Waukesha Catholic school children, according to the communications director for the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. Injuries range from facial abrasions to broken bones to quite serious head injuries. Six patients were sent to the operating room last night. Several are going under surgery today. Three sets of siblings are among the patients. Fifteen total patients were treated at one hospital, ten children in intensive care. Another hospital said they were treating thirteen patients. The Level 1 Trauma Center said they treated seven patients. The Dancing Grannies said several of their members were among the dead. But that's okay. He's black. He'll get a pass. And where's gropey Joe Biden? Well, he waited a long, long time. And he offered prayers. He says... We don't have all the facts, details yet. We know this morning five families walked ashore facing the grief of life without a loss of love. At least four Americans suffering from injuries. Some critical condition, some entire community struggling, struggling to cope with the horrific act of violence. What? I'll translate it into non-Biden English. Biden said, in the best translation of his mumbling, fumbling, and bumbling, while we don't have all the facts and details yet, we know this morning that five families in Waukesha are facing fresh grief of a life without a loved one. At least 40 Americans are suffering from injuries, some of them in critical condition. And an entire community is struggling, struggling to cope with the horrific act of violence. But he forgot to say, by a black man against white people in this horrific hate crime. Come on, Gropey Joe. The double standard we all know now. You can't hide anymore. This was a black against white hate crime. But they won't tell you that because the liberal news media doesn't want to rile up the black community unless they can rile up the black community against the white community. Now I can take a break. This is the Truth Hurts program.
How would you like to have an all-expense-paid trip to Tiffany and Company, or Nordstrom, or Louis Vuitton, or another high-end retailer where you could simply walk in and walk out with anything and everything you want and not have any consequences for your actions? Well, that's what happened in California, according to the Washington Examiner. Voters are now waking up to the radical California pro-crime laws in the wake of the San Francisco Bay Area looting. Tory Richards gets credit for this. I'll paraphrase. A bunch of Californians are now starting to push back against the pro-crime laws that have caused the out-of-control looting and vandalism, just like what happened to the San Francisco area Nordstrom and Louis Vuitton locations over the weekend. Democrat and Republican lawmakers alike told the Washington Examiner that a 2014 law known as Prop 47, Proposition 47, has helped create the crime surge in California by downgrading thefts of items under $950 to the status of misdemeanors. In other words, slaps upon the wrist. This, combined with follow-up laws that remove jail as punishments for non-felonies, have created a crime wave environment that law enforcement there cannot keep up with. The pushback has been building for years as small family-owned businesses became the first looting victims. Then it was Walgreens, CVS stores, and shoe stores where thugs go in and take everything but work boots. Following that, it was Macy's with a bunch of pricey purses in smash-and-grab events, just like the one this past weekend. We have not had a GOP-run city of San Francisco, by the way, since 1973, said John Dennis, the chairman of the San Francisco Republican Party. Voters wouldn't even look at a Republican candidate before, he said. How many people in San Francisco cannot get a prescription where they used to because Walgreens has closed all their locations? Even a leftist said he can't get a COVID test because there's not a pharmacy within walking distance of his house. Democrat proponents of that Prop 47 build the measure as a, quote, Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act to downgrade a host of crimes and focus more attention on hardened criminals. Well, I'm going to stop for a moment and tell you, that effort has obviously failed. All it did was embolden a bunch of soft criminals who get a little taste of blood and want a little more and a little more and a little more. Until now, they're smashing windows with stolen U-Haul trucks, crowbars, baseball bats, and walking out with lots more than $950. And when they do it, just like a tribal gang like going over to some African nation and grabbing up a bunch of Africans and saying, come on, smash, grab, and take what you want, pretty trinkets. They go in there not giving a damn because they know there are no consequences for their actions. A slap on the wrist? Come now. This is what's happening in America. We are demonizing the cops, making the police out to be the bad guys, for doing their jobs. And when they do arrest a thug, a criminal, a robber, a rapist, a shooter, a stabber, a drug dealer, 
a carjacker, and the cops have to use force to subdue the fleeing criminal thug animal, the cops are said to be the bad guys. The cops should just sit there and let these criminals kill the cops, right? Let's defund the police, they said in California. It'll be better for everyone, they said in California. And now it's worse for everyone except the law-breaking criminal thug element who now feels like they can just do whatever the hell they want and get away with it. You voted it in, my friends. Now you get what you pay for. Karma is a big hairy bitch, isn't she? All right, my friends. I think that's about enough for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. I hope you learned something today. If Kyle Rittenhouse were black, the media would be treating this case totally differently. And don't go to California shopping unless you have weapons with you. Otherwise, you'll probably get knocked down, knocked out, and robbed by the shoppers who are in there committing all of these crimes. That's all the time we have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day. And remember, your turkey should be out of the freezer already and into the refrigerator or it will not have time to thaw. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are free speech protected under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics.